They were waiting on me to look up before they quit singing a song. Thank you for that. <laughs> um, it is very good to be here this morning. I love everyone that's in this building. And uh, we, uh, this is just a beautiful congregation. Yeah. Beautiful congregation. And we are enjoying the blessings of the Lord. Um, however, if we know the truth and we know what's right and we know what will take care of the problems of life, all problems of life, and we don't share it, we ought to be shot. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. What a horrible thing it would be for us to know the truth and keep it to ourselves. Um, is that what we're going to do? As a church? As an individual? What are we going to do? Are we going to continue to live life on our terms? Uh, are we going to continue to pursue the physical pursuits of life? And ignore the most obvious thing there is our commission that we are called to do to represent Jesus Christ the Bible calls us ambassadors ambassadors um, Willow Springs I went there yesterday I am fired up let me tell you, I am fired up. Um, I see a wonderful opportunity to share what we know to be truth, what we have proved in our lives to be true, to share with those who do not know, who have been struggling with the same sort of thing for years and not able to overcome things. You know, we have this opportunity. We. Uh, the Raleigh Church. Am I part of the Raleigh Church? Well, yeah, no, and yes. I want to tell you what. I want to be involved at Will Springs. I want to be part. I want to. I want to get behind the effort. I, as I went and visited the crowd that was there yesterday, and I saw. I come away from that. Uh, with a million thoughts. Um, but there is a work there to be done for the young people. <clears throat> There's a work to be done there for the old people. Really? Old people? Really? <laughs> oh, yes. What better person to share the gospel with old people than old people? Huh? Well, I mean, what better messenger could you have? You know, um, there's opportunity there. There's opportunity there. And when we share the gospel, when we contribute to that effort with our own selves, this is different about stroking the check, okay? This is you being there, okay? 
This is you engaging, engaging yourself. And that's going to require a little disengaging from other things, okay? It's been a long time coming, okay? We have become, as a church, comfortable with where we're at. We're comfortable. Everything's nice and predictable, you know? It's nice and predictable. We can come here. We can have our worship service. Johnny's going to get out and preach. In a few minutes, we're going to go back in the back. And we're going to have a great fellowship and a meal together. There's more to the gospel, and you're living the gospel, than what we see here right now. We must, how many times have you heard this cliche, but it's so true. We must step out of our comfort zone. Okay? Comfort can sometimes mean complacency. Okay, a deadly enemy of the gospel is complacency. I'm good. I'm good. God is taking care of me. You know, there's still some things I want him to change and do. And You know, yeah, I got some suggestions for you, Lord. You know, but all in all, it's pretty good. You know, it's pretty good. Lord, please don't rock the boat. You know, don't rock the boat, Lord. I'm, I'm good. Just like this, I'm good. Well, we're sailing on stormy seas, the stormy sea of life. And there's going to be trials and temptations, and if you don't think so, then you ain't been around very long. Okay? And let me tell you what, when you engage for God, oh, that steps up. That steps up. But guess what else does? Your purpose, your energy level, your enthusiasm, all of that steps up. And the, the beauty of seeing someone, I don't know how many of you have ever experienced this, but you're talking to someone and they begin to share their problems with you and they begin to say, I don't know how to get rid of this problem. And you say, I know exactly how you can get rid of this problem. I had similar problems. I got rid of my problems and my problems are different now, but God took care of me and he is taking care of me. He can do the same thing for you and you can change your life right here and right now. Are you ready to change your life right now? How many of you have been there? I have been there. It's my prayer and wish that everybody in the sanctuary would go there. Go there. Our lives need purpose. It's plain and simple. We need purpose for our lives. And the scripture tells us, it's not within man to direct his own steps. What does that mean? <laughs> you're not happy when you're in control. And guess what? You're really not in control. You need purpose. You need focus for your life. If you want to stop drifting, if you're tired of drifting from one thing to the other, being influenced by one thing or the other, sanctified or not, Engage. Focus your life. Get a purpose for your life. The purpose of spreading the gospel. It's our responsibility. I'm too old. No. No, no, you're not. Uh, I'm too young. No, 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 that's not right either. Um, I've got these physical problems. I'm in that territory. I refuse to let that slow me down yet. I refuse to let it happen. 
If I see a purpose, I pray this is all our desires of our heart. If I see a purpose and I feel the tugging of the Holy Spirit, Lord, help us. Lord, help us. Can we hear the still, small voice? Can we still hear it? Has the world been shouting to us and deafened us so that we don't hear the still, small voice? There's work to be done for the kingdom, folks. Work for the kingdom. And it is self-sacrificing work. And it is our job to do. Warm the benches if you want to. Sit back and throw rocks if you want to. Criticize if you want to. Hey, all that happened to Jesus. Every last bit of that happened to Jesus. Thank God he didn't slow up. Okay? We're to be Christ-like. He said, one fellow, he says, I'm going to follow you. And he said, well, the birds of the air have nests. The foxes have holes. The Son of Man doesn't have a place to lay his head. Okay? What does that mean? That means he sacrificed, he sacrificed the comfort that it comes from having a home. He sacrificed that to carry the gospel to people. I know a group of people that left an island one time and they sold their farms and they sold their stores and they loaded up on a boat and they left because they were excited about the gospel. I want that reignited in our church. I want it reignited in the royal crowd. I want it reignited and continue to burn in my own life, in all of our lives. We see the opportunity. We, we talked in Sunday school this morning about the lawyer, Brother Joe mentioned it, the lawyer that came to Jesus. How can I be saved? Jesus says, what does the law say? You should love the Lord your God, all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, and your neighbor as yourself. Okay? That's a real easy thing to do, to say. But when he's run over your curve and messed up your grass, you still got to love him. Okay? You got to look past the grass. I'm encouraging all of us to look past the grass. Look past the petty offenses that enter our lives and exercise the great healing, smoothing balm of forgiveness. Hallelujah, forgiveness. It don't stop at the first work, let me tell you. It does not stop at conversion. Forgiveness is something, forget, let me tell you something. Forgiveness is a gift you give yourself. It's a gift you give yourself. When, when you forgive and put it all away, when we can look at each other and love each other in spite of what we don't like about each other, are we so bold that we can stop and not do anything because we see somebody that has offended us or not doing what we think they ought to do? No. No. We're to love everybody. We're to forgive everybody. Brother Doris had a little saying that he gave me. He says, forgive everything, everybody, every day. That'll come right down to you behind the steering wheel too. Okay? Right behind the steering wheel. 
That's the sound of life. I love it. I love it. God help us if that ever leaves our church. God help us if it ever does leave. I saw in Willow Springs children. I saw young people. I saw middle-aged people. I saw people hungry for the gospel. Hungry for the gospel. We have, we have people that struggle coming to Sunday school. Can't arrange their lives enough to just get out. Get out to church. God help us. To set our priorities. To reset. God help us. Reset our priorities. Okay. Exercise forgiveness. I know pretty much everybody in this room. I know something bad about a lot of people in this room. Oh, man. Dude, you ain't saying that. I do, and guess what? I love you anyhow. I love you anyhow. God loves you anyhow. God doesn't want a mistake or hard feelings or anything to slow you up from the most important work in our lives, and that is spreading the gospel. That is giving of ourselves to the gospel. And it's not just for others that need to receive it. Sure it is. It's for us. It's for our own good benefit to do so. We need focus. Let's focus on the correct things in life. The correct things. My scripture. Now when John had heard in prison the works of Christ... This is the 11th chapter of Matthew. He sent two of his disciples and said unto him, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? Is this really the answer? Jesus answered and said unto them, Go and show John again those things which ye do hear and see. These are physical things. Okay, we're, we're in the spiritual realm, but, but he saith, if John is asking who I am, this is what I want you to I want you to go take your own witness of what you've seen back to him. The blind receive their sight. There are folks that are blind and groping around for purpose in their lives. They need Jesus. The lame walk. The devil will wound you, and just like getting lost in the woods, he's big into wounding you on your foot. So you just do nothing but walk around in circles. One big giant circle. Oh, that's another specialty of his. Okay? Not when we set our priorities. The lepers are cleansed. Folks, there are things in this world that can get a hold of you that will eat you alive. Do you know that? I ain't, I'm not talking about spiritually here. I'm talking about physically. There are things that you can get to, young people, in this life that will destroy your life, that will literally eat your body up. Okay? And you know where you guiding your own life will take you down that direction because he, the devil is smarter than you are. If you're dumb enough to think you can run your own life, then you'll buy 95% of the junk he's got to offer you. Okay? Because you're open to it. You're open to it. 
your focus is too big. Let's bring it down. Let's bring the focus to where it should be. Where it should be. The death here. Hallelujah. Um, there are people that have an earnest desire to hear the truth. Well, the truth is absolute these days. Oh, no, it's not. No. You got people trying to tell you that it is. No, no, no. There's right and wrong. There's good and bad. And there ain't no halfway between. And the Bible will define those things to you without question. Okay. The dead are raised up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Church turned into a funeral home. Now it's going to be a church again. Hallelujah. We ain't worrying about prepping the dead. We're worrying about getting them back to life. Hallelujah. And the community knows it. Willow Springs knows it. They feel it. They sense it. They're happy to see a church there. They're happy to see it. And they're curious. And the poor have the gospel preached to them. Hallelujah. The poor. The poor. The poor have the gospel preached to them. Are we too good? Are we too good to go to the poor? Are we? Are we? Jesus went to the poor. Jesus preached to the poor. Jesus became their level. Okay? We don't have to descend to their level. <laughs> we got to raise up to God's level so we can minister to the poor. There's some priority changes that's got to happen in our lives. And I'm not talking about a process, y'all. I'm not talking about some big involved thing where there's a whole bunch of lessons that you check off your checklist in order to be right to talk to people about the Lord. I'm talking about an attitude of the heart. An attitude of the heart. Are you willing to do it? Are you willing to do it? Don't doubt. Don't doubt. You see what all is happening here. But the poor have the gospel preached to them. I sat next to a man yesterday. I sat yet just to a man. Didn't have many teeth. Had never, never learned to drive. He was in his 60s. Never had learned to drive. But he had problems in his life. And we talked about some of the problems in his life. And he talked about how excited he was that the church was here. And Brother Jimmy's family, man, I mean, they turned out in force. It was marvelous. It was amazing to see that turn out. They turned out because they were curious. They turned out because they know what God did for Brother Jimmy. Okay? And they're hungry. They're hungry. They're curious. They're hungry. They want to hear. They want to hear. Do we go door to door anymore? Some places maybe we do. We do it at Octoblock. Okay? Um, Strickland Road. Strickland Road. The subdivisions on Strickland Road. Would you go door to door to houses on Strickland Road? Houses with cameras? It's a good thing. They're a great thing to have. I'm afraid 
you wouldn't get very much results on the subdivisions up and down Strickland Road. And the reason why is affluence. People get comfortable when they're, when they're affluent, when they have more than what they need, and they start getting themselves involved in this and involved in that and involved in this. Let me tell you what. These people live close to the earth. They live close to the earth. Can we dare to get our hands dirty? God help us. Can we dare to get our hands dirty for the cause of Christ? I hope we can. I hope we can. It's an attitude of the heart. Jerusalem to Jericho. The same lawyer asked Jesus, Who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? He was being smart. Okay? Who is there that we can preach to? Who is there that we can preach to? Well, Jesus says, here, let's, let's, I got a little story for you. A man was, come, was going along from Jerusalem to Jericho. Thieves attacked him. They robbed him. They beat him. They left him for dead, and he was alone and dead. There was a priest and a Levite, both that passed. And when they saw him, they moved around him and out of the way. They could have had a thousand reasons to do so. They could have thought, well, there's, there, if he's beat him up, they could beat me up. Okay? Uh, they could have thought, I'm going to be late for my meeting if I stop. You know, they could have said, I, I dare say, I don't want to be associated with somebody like this. God help us. Whoo, boy, don't ever, ever, ever let that thought come into your mind. Never, ever, ever. The Samaritan came by. And one thing was different with him. He had compassion. The scripture said he had compassion on the man. And he stopped. He was on a journey. He had point B to get to. But he stopped. Because life afforded him an opportunity to be busy for his Lord. And he stopped he wrapped them. What about blood-borne pathogens? You know, I, I don't need to touch nobody else's blood. You know, um, so many reasons not to. The man got down there with the bandages, and he bandaged the man up, and he sat him on his own beast. He probably got some blood on his own self. Maybe other things too. But he had compassion on the man. Can we have compassion? Do we have compassion? Seems like we have trouble sometimes having compassion with one another. Ouch. And the problem with all that, with running your own life, with being cold, is it's pride. Six things the Lord hates, seven are abomination. What's number one? Somebody tell me. Pride. A proud look. A proud look. We can be thankful for accomplishments. We can be thankful for things God brings into our lives. That's all well and good. But when it starts to become something bigger in your life, when it's something you're proud of, when it's something you're good at, when it's something like that, 
and it distracts you. I could go on for a long time on this subject. A long time on pride. Anger. Anger is pride. Every time you feel anger, there's pride involved in it. Think about it. Think about it. Pride. God hates a proud look. God hates a proud look. The scripture I was looking for that I couldn't find here says that we're to be filled with humility. We're to be filled with compassion. We're to be filled with forgiveness. We should have the spirit of forgiveness right on the tips of our fingers so that whenever we need it, we can apply it. Okay? We need it right on the tips of our fingers. Forgiveness. Humility. The poor in spirit. The Beatitudes, oh, that's one of my favorites right there. You know, the poor in spirit. Those who don't think very much of themselves. Oh, look what I've done. Look what I've accomplished. Me, me, me. It's a dead-end street. It's an unhappy road. It's an empty life. If you want your life filled with purpose and you really want to, to forgiveness, to forgive people, and you really want to have the Spirit of God on the inside, all it takes is yes, one time, right here. Right. That's all it takes. Doesn't take great sermon. It doesn't take a song. It, it could be any a, 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 a combination of those things. But it's when you feel that tug. You feel the tug, and you hear what? What do you hear? What, think about it. What do you hear when the Lord is calling you? You hear the still small voice. That's what you hear. The still small voice that says. That's where you need to go. Because you are created empty. There's a spot in your life that cannot be filled, but only with God and Jesus. It can only be filled with that. And a life void of that is empty. It's empty. And the very most important things, it's empty. I'm ready to refocus. I'm ready to look at my life and see what's important in my life. I want to go God's way. I want to be His. Here's another whole message right here. Servant. Servant. Oh, I wish I could go on. I wish it was 11.30. So we could talk about what servanthood is. What obedience is all about. What protection is all about. Yeah. Those guys were all mad at the, at, the, at the master of the vineyard when he paid the one that come in at the 11th hour the same thing as he paid the guys that were already there. They didn't think about the fact that they were being protected all that whole time. They didn't have anything else to worry about, just their job. Okay? And chances are, if they like my grandmother, grandfather, when people were around there working, they fed them lunch. And a nice one, too. Okay? They were being taken care of. Let me tell you what. When we're in the fold, when we're in the fold, God can take care of us. 
And we want our circle to be bigger. Listen to me. We want our circle. We don't want a smaller circle. We want a larger circle. We want God's love to be reach way on out there. All right. And into the deepest recesses of our hearts. Two. The Holy Spirit to quicken and move us to action. I love every one of you. I've had a heavenly week with my grandkids. It's been real, really good. And we're going to miss them terribly when we go back. But I enjoyed our Wednesday night service. I wish Terry Lee were here. I, I enjoyed his talk Wednesday night. It was very, very good. And it's... Um, I'm not supposed to close. I'm used to closing. I'm not supposed to close. But I want to say this. I love you very much. And I think it's time we take a good hard look at our lives. A good hard look. Y'all pray for me.